You're listening to Simply the Best Sports Take, the best podcast breaking down the best stuff in sports with host Sean Bingham. His takes are so good, he dropped the mic, but then you wouldn't be able to hear him, and that would suck. Welcome into STB Sports Take, Simply the Best Sports Podcast. I am your host, Sean Bingham, and would you please just take a quick minute and recognize the new logo. My good friend Tanner Stevens did that. The guy's a wizard. He actually uh, owned a company called Sport Locker at one point. It was a really cool app. But uh, the guy has some serious design skills, and I love it. It's a new logo. Probably not a huge deal to you guys, but I really like it. So please take a quick minute, recognize it, appreciate it, enjoy it, take it all in. Um, I'm very excited to be on the podcast. This is day three in a row. This is a big deal. Three days in a row. I hope to keep it going. Um, I'm a little tired today. Two days in a row now, I have been up on the mountain I live in Utah, and so I'm a big snowboarder, and I've gotten so obsessed with uh, snowboarding on powder and untouched terrain that I bought what is called a split board. And for those of you that don't know, it's it's a, it's a snowboard that is literally can be split in half and be, be turned into two skis that I then put what's called skins on the bottom of, which is, is essentially a huge sticker carpet that goes on the bottom of these skis. And with some unidirectional fibers so that I can slide up the mountain. But if I start to slide backward, the carp- the skin fibers just kind of whoosh, expand down into the snow. And there's thousands of them. And so you can actually slide up the mountain without sliding down. So it gives you the ability to go anywhere you want. Avoid the lifts. Avoid the resorts. Um, it, but you got to earn your turns, they say. you got to really work for it to, to get to the spots you want. So I've done it two days in a row, and it burns a lot of calories, so I'm very tired, but it was very fun, and it's kind of something new that I'm into, but um, I would be uh, remiss if we did not today talk about none other than college football. We do have the playoffs tomorrow, which I'm excited for. I have gotten a lot less into college sports the older I get, and a lot more into the pros. Um, I don't know what you guys prefer. I know everyone kind of has their own preference. Some people are obsessed with college football. Some people are obsessed with the NFL. I like all of it, but I'm definitely choosing NFL over college football, and I'm definitely choosing NBA over college basketball. That's just me. That being said, we still want to cover the playoffs because it's a huge deal. But the first thing I want to jump into is last night, Eastern Michigan loses to Pitt in the Who Cares Bowl, and quarterback Mike Glass for Eastern Michigan throws punches at not one, but two players at the end of the game. And he at least had the wherewithal to do kind of an open hand slap at the helmet and then go for a throat punch after that on the next guy. But, I mean, it's just how stupid are these players that are punching helmets? They're punching helmets. (laughs) I just feel like they haven't quite thought it through. It makes them look so stupid. I mean, it's, it's just really, really hilarious to watch a guy punch someone else wearing a helmet like you are the one getting injured in that situation not the guy you're hitting so you look stupid and you're going to get hurt so you're adding insult to injury to yourself plus you're losing it's just a really bad look all around because it's always the guys losing now miles garrett you remember in the nfl i think it was a monday night game it was a thursday night game but it's brown steelers kind of a rivalry and miles garrett rips mason rudolph's helmet off and then swings the helmet at him so he rips his helmet off, and uses it as a weapon against Miles Garrett. Now, he's even dumber, of course, for being so insanely reckless to the point where he, I mean, he could have very seriously injured uh, Mason Rudolph. Thank goodness he didn't. 
But at least he had the common sense, and I feel like enough time has passed, and Mason Rudolph is fine. We can make the joke. At least Miles Garrett had the sense to not punch someone where there was a helmet because it would have done no good in a fight circumstances. But anyway, as long as we're on the subject of bowl games, how sick are we of these seemingly endless, meaningless bowl games? Am I the only one that is totally sick of these? They're so stupid. Nobody cares. The stands are empty. Always. Nobody cares. My alma mater, BYU, played Christmas Eve in the Hawaii Bowl, and I legitimately did not even know that they played until that night when I saw some highlights on Instagram and I saw some sort of dispute over potential point shaving or the, with the spread because BYU made a field goal that was called no good. BYU lost the game in the end, but th- that's how much I just don't care about these bowl games. It's, it's a bunch of average teams a month after the season is over. I just don't care at all. So can we please just get rid of these bowl games? There's only six games that even remotely matter, and even those need to be reworked a little bit. But I actually checked the last 10 bowl games that were played. The last 10 bowl games that were played this bowl season, which none of you could even name, I'm sure, by the way, other than the Hawaii Bowl, which I just gave you for BYU, not one of the last 10 had a sellout. Not one. 0 for 10. I just went back the last 10 bowl games. I said, let's just pick these last 10 and see how they did. Not one of them was a sellout. Most of them were under 50% capacity. And a couple of them that claimed to, I had seen highlights on Instagram and on, on uh, TV. And they're, they're claiming like 65% full. The stands looked like 65% empty, though, to me. So I think maybe some of the numbers were fudged. So they're not getting a ton of attendance. What we need to do is get, re- get rid of those games. <clears throat> We need to expand the playoffs to eight teams. I've said this before. I'll say it again. We need to expand the playoffs to eight teams, and we need to not wait. make teams wait a month to play. That's the other thing. It's an eternity after their previous game, and it, it just differs too much from the natural flow of the season. And I get that they have finals and there's things like that, but at this point, it's clearly a massive business, and... Maybe they can extend the season or start the season a little bit later because they kind of start it in August. They could push it into like the second week of September to kind of have it naturally flow into the time of year that it does and maybe give them two weeks off instead of four and five. You know, that way they can do their finals and stuff. But we, we need to not have such a massive break from regular season ending or you know conference championship games. And then four or five weeks later, we're now looking at bowl games. It just it just seems really ridiculous, especially for these national championship contenders in the playoffs because it's just a totally different scenario now. I mean, I get that you've got guys healthy, but they haven't been playing games. And <clears throat> I just th- I just don't like it. I wish it was uh, a little different, but um and they need to expand it to 8. So this year if they did expand it to 8, we of course have and we'll we'll get into these games more. Um but we of course have LSU and we have Oklahoma, so LSU versus Oklahoma, and then Clemson versus Ohio State. But if they expanded it, it would include Georgia, who everyone thought was very likely to get in and barely missed out. Ohio, uh, sorry, that was be two years ago. Georgia, Oregon, Baylor, and Wisconsin. Who wouldn't want to see those four teams added to the existing four and let them duke it out on the field to decide who's going to the national championship? I, for one, would love it, and I think it would be awesome. Last year would have included Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, and UCF to go along with Bama and Alabama, or <laughs> Bama and Alabama, Bama and Clemson, and uh, who else was in there? Notre Dame and Ohio State, or Ohio State was the one that just missed out. 
So, I mean, it's it's just it's just so much better if you have eight teams. Also would have been awesome to include those four. This needs to happen, and it needs to become the focus on the college football bowl season. There'd be seven games at that point because you'd have four. Uh, so there's eight teams, so you'd have four initial games. Then you'd have, of course, two more and then one more. So that's seven games to determine a national champion. And if those seven games were the focus instead of the current system, I legitimately think those seven games would generate more money than 20 of these who cares some random sponsor in a lame city bowl, you know, because that's all they are. It's like the the Idaho potato bowl, the New Mexico whatever bowl. Nobody cares. Nobody's watching. Nobody's attending. Nobody's paying attention. And that would all shift if the focus shifted to the top teams. And they could split the money evenly if they needed to to conferences or teams or however they did do it to make it, you know, quote unquote fair. Um, and then beyond that, because you don't want it to just be the top eight teams that get some sort of postseason play. I understand that. But the bowl system as it is needs to change. We don't need a month break and we don't need to see every team. We don't need participation trophies up and down the board. Um, I think you get like the top 20 or 30 teams and they get to play a bowl game. And outside of the top eight you should just go who's ranked right next to each other. And let's just see. Let's see. Let's see nine versus 10, 11 versus 12, 13 versus 14, and just go down the list. I think that would be awesome. So that's my take on on the bowl season and how it needs to change. Um, With that, let's get into my predictions for these playoffs. I used to love doing this. Man, I used to love doing this. I would get so into college football. I'd get so into my predictions and my rankings, and it was so much fun. I've definitely fallen a little bit away from it. Like I say, my love for uh, college football has dwindled just a touch, but with that, my love for pro sports has increased uh, quite a bit. So anyway, let's get into these playoff predictions. I have paid enough attention to to be able to meaningfully uh, give you some insight. And I should say, when choosing against the spread, I am quite good. I'm in a Pick'ems League with about 80 people, 80 random people from around the country. We've been doing it for a few years now. I always finish in the top five. And what we do is you have to pick five games each week, any five you want, and you have to pick against the spread. And I'm telling you, picking a winner is a lot easier than picking against the spread. But I've gotten very good at it. I always finish very high. I always finish with a winning record. So you can take this to the bank. Okay, so LSU, they are favored by 13 and a half over Oklahoma, which really, to me, it just shows how much better Vegas feels the SEC is than the Big 12. And you look at the stats side by side, they're almost dead even. These teams are almost dead even. So the only thing Vegas is telling you is that they think the SEC is significantly better than the Big 12. And I used to call Oklahoma Choklahoma. I don't anymore because they got Lincoln Riley now. They got Jalen Hurts. And don't forget, Jalen Hurts came from the SEC. He was at Bama. We all know that. So this is a different team. I still think that LSU is going to win the game, but I don't think they're going to win by by more than 13. I think I think Oklahoma will at least cover the spread, for those of you that care about that, for betting purposes. I think Oklahoma at least covers the spread and makes it more of like a 7-10 to 10 point game. I think it's going to be a high-scoring shootout. I think both games are going to be high-scoring shootouts, which will be a lot of fun because those are just funner games. But I think that, that uh, Oklahoma is being underestimated. And I'm going to pull up these side-by-side stats here and read them off to you. Okay, here they go. I got them. Um, okay, so team Oklahoma averages 43.2 points per game, LSU 47.8. So it's a four point difference there, four and a half. 
Points allowed, Oklahoma 24.5, LSU 21.2. Again, practically dead even, three points difference. Total yards, 554.2 to 554.3. They literally average the exact same number of yards per game. 0.1 yard difference. It's insane. Yards allowed, 330 to 341, Oklahoma with the slight edge. So you look at these overall stats, defensive and offensive stats, points allowed, yards allowed, yards gained, points scored. They're dead even. So the only thing that we are learning from Vegas is that they think the SEC is way better than the Big 12. I think most people agree, but I do think Lincoln Riley and Jalen Hurts bring a different dynamic to Oklahoma that we haven't seen in the past. I don't think this will be Choklahoma of old. So I'm going to say that uh, that LSU wins, but that it's going to be a lot closer than than people are thinking. I'm going to say LSU by seven. Okay, the next game. Clemson is favored by two. Now, this is a killer matchup. Clemson, Ohio State. These teams are just, they've been running amok all season long, blasting through everybody they play, 13-0, each of them. I'm very torn here. Clemson is the defending national champion. They've won 28 games in a row, 28 straight. Ohio State clearly had the harder schedule, though, but Clemson's the defending champs. They have the best coach in football. Yes, I said it. Dabo Swinney is the best coach in college football. He has surpassed Nick Saban. Not for all time. Don't go crazy here. I'm not saying he's the best all-time coach, but for right here, right now, Dabo Swinney is the best coach in college football. And that is a huge, huge deal when you have five weeks to prepare for a team. So ah, this one's tough. Ohio State was number one, by the way, heading into the conference championship week. And they won by 13 over the number eight team, which was Wisconsin. And then somehow that that dropped them to number two. So so don't ask me how that happened. I mean, LSU is deserving of number one, but I don't think Ohio State is undeserving, if that makes sense. I don't think that Clemson would be undeserving either of number one. And we're about to find out who the best teams really are. But I I think Ohio State wins. I think Ohio State snaps the 28-game win streak of Clemson. And I think Ohio State gets into the national championship in a very close one. So so Clemson's favored by two. So, of course, Ohio State's covering the spread because I'm picking them to win. And I'm going to say they win probably by about three is all. I would say it's a one-score game for sure. So both both games, high-scoring shootouts, and I'm going to say LSU by seven in the first one, and I'm going to say Ohio State by three in the second one. Those are my predictions, and I'm going to wait to make my predictions for the national championship game once we see how I did with these, and then I can actually predict the national championship game itself. Um, but at this point, if I had to, I'll just say it. I would pick LSU. Last thing. Uh, Got to give a shout out to my Jazz. They won a close game over Portland last night. Donnie and Jinglin Joe came to play. Both of them put up big numbers. And the Jazz are starting to gel a little bit. We need Mike Conley to come back healthy, and we need him to freaking be the guy that we are paying $33 million to, that we traded for. If he could play to his full potential, the Jazz really could be a Western Conference Finals you know, team. Um, the Lakers and Clippers are, are definitely better right now. But I do think we're deep. I think we have a fantastic coach. I think we play really hard defensively. The Jazz actually shoot the highest percentage from three of any team in the entire league. This is all really, really big stuff for my Utah Jazz. Hopefully they can pull it together and climb their way into at least a, a top four seed because I really want to see us with home court in the first round. 
and you don't want to have to play the Lakers or Clippers in the first round, that's for sure. Um, we'll see. We'll see where it's all going to go. Very exciting season in the NBA. Very weird, by the way, seeing Golden State at the very bottom of the standings. I I can't say I hate it, but I can't really say I love it either. It's kind of more fun when like Steph and Clay are at their, you know, performing at their highest level, and we get to see that greatness. I, I personally love greatness. I don't hop on bandwagons, but I'm not going to hate on greatness. I'm not going to hate on LeBron James. I'm going to appreciate LeBron James. The only time I talk down about LeBron is when it comes to the GOAT conversation. I just don't think he is. I think he's an amazing player. He's an all-time great. He is just not the greatest. He's one of the greatest. But man, I love greatness. I love watching Tom Brady do his thing. I love watching anyone that's the best of the best do their thing because, I mean, that's what it is. Anyway, that's all the time I have for today. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you have not subscribed, please do. And by the way, we are available now on Google Play, iTunes. So we've always been on iTunes and and uh, SoundCloud. We are now also on Spotify for those that want to listen on Spotify. And we are also on Google Play. So please check those out. That is all the time for today. Thank you for joining. I will see you next time. Peace. We got the same. We got the Thanks for hanging with Simply the Best Sports Take. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and check out stbsportstake.com. Simply the best in sports. Cause we are